Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. As you know, it's also a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back, one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. You got to dig that. And a quick recap of yesterday's show makes sense. Then straight ahead, hard-hitting news that I refuse to use continues. We had our guest on, Mr. Brian Russ, RussCoinandGift.com, doing a phenomenal job. You and a friend in the coin business, you got it, RustCoinandGift.com. We talked about the Honest Money Report. We talked about how silver, the spot price is $21.95, $21.95. But we talked about to get a silver eagle, silver dollar printed by the United States government. Yeah, 2021, silver eagle, silver dollar, costs 36 bucks. We talked about how the government lies. Which dollar is the real dollar? It reminds you of the rapper, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? You got a fake Federal Reserve dollar that says it's a dollar. Then you got the Silver Eagle silver dollar. That used to be the standard for a dollar when we had constitutional currency. Now the government lies. You know, fake news, front and center. Which dollar is real? Somebody should force the courts to answer. But it also proves that back in the day, it was a dollar for a dollar. You could take a silver eagle, silver dollar, or a piece of paper dollar and exchange them one for another. They were on par. They were equivalent. But ever since they jettisoned the constitutional standard of honest money, gold and silver coinage, now it takes 36 fake Federal Reserve dollars to buy one real silver eagle, silver dollar. It just shows you how debased and how debauched and how dishonest our currency has really become. And that's why every week we have Brian Rust of RustCoinandGift.com and the Honest Money Report right here on Liberty Roundtable Live. We also talked about Craig Wright, a computer scientist. He claims he's the guy that created Bitcoin. No one knows who really created it. But the bottom line is there's a big battle between him and his dead business partner's family to determine how much of the incredible wealth generated by the fiat currency uh, they would get, they got $100 million bucks, but he got away with a real steal. Uh, the dishonest money on uh, on trial, if you will, and on tap and center stage when it comes to the court case. Anyway, it's hard to say who really won there. They claim this Craig Wright guy, the computer scientist that created the currency, uh, they claim he's the winner, uh, but the other guy's got $100 million. So very strange. I submit to you that all of it is fake money. You uh, have an EMP in America and turn off the power. How valuable does your Bitcoin become then, you fiat currency advocates? The answer is zero. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Liberty Roundtable, where honesty is indeed the issue. We also talked about Congress gets a crash course on cryptocurrencies. The chiefs of six cryptocurrency companies testified before the House Financial Services Committee 
about the promises and perils of digital assets. Nancy Pelosi also calls for ban of cryptocurrency trading. Very strange stuff. Anthony Fauci says the definition of fully vaccinated will be changed. So you can't even rely on words anymore. If we're going to change the definition, uh, what science backs that change of definition there, Mr. Science Man? The answer is none. It's a big old lie. Speaking of lies, not only did Fauci lie about so many things, he just lied about Santa. Yeah, Santa received his booster shot and is good to go for Christmas, Dr. Fauci confirmed to USA Today. What a shame that Santa didn't get the vaccine, ladies and gentlemen. At least not at my house he didn't. How do I know? Because I talked to him. <laughs> ah, man, Fauci lies. Somebody ought to sue that sucker. Anyway, he commenced, He continues to be the largest paid bureaucrat in America right now. And we continue to pay for his absolute flat-out lies. The only real one with guts trying to get him out of um, service ship, if you will, and get him fired would be Rand Paul. I commend Rand for the job. Uh, if enough of us were willing to take it up, we could get him fired in a second. But most Americans simply do not care. Senate votes to reject vaccine mandates. That's great news, but the House will never take it up because it's too bipartisan. Uh, the um, courts three times in a row jettisoned the vaccine mandate as well. We'll get to that as the broadcast unfolds. Lawmakers also killed a measure that would have required women to register for the draft or register for the selective service and be forced in any draft. So that's at least a temporary good news win. We also talked about Meta, formerly Facebook, has a brilliant suggestion, they say, to keep your nude photos offline. Just send them to them. They'll make sure that they stay offline. I got a better plan. Don't take nude photos in the first place. And then you won't need to worry if they're online or not, okay? That's just my recommendation. Second hour, we had on our guest, Mark J. Victor. Uh, we're talking about the idea the world needs now. What is it? They say it's the only world's peace movement, liveandletlive.org. If you want to learn more about it, liveandletlive.org. He's also with attorneysforfreedom.com. Very fascinating conversation with Mark J. Victor. We talked about live and let live. The road to peace, prosperity, and happiness, libertarians claim. Um, and they say, hey, we can peacefully trans transition to a world where, hey, you just don't need to use force against people. Okay? There's two kind of ideas. One is you can pursue your life as you want to. Others can pursue their lives as they want to. But what you can't do is use force against others. How does the live and let live movement apply? to victimless crimes well there wouldn't be any such thing as a victimless crime if there's no victim there's no crime right we also talked about the price we must pay to achieve freedom and peace as we remove even our own moral views from the law does live and let live lead to a bigger or smaller government the question is i would submit smaller by nature what are the values of the live and let live movement if anybody can do whatever they want to, and if you leave your morality at the door when it comes to legalese, what are the values? We talked about that. We also talked about, do you listen to the Peace Radicals podcast? That's a podcast Mark does. If not, why the heck not? Anyway, great, great show yesterday. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a real supporter of the Live and Let Live movement. I believe in the general points. Um, there's a little bit of me that says, hey, wait a minute. Bossy is the law. Uh, kind of comes into play at some point here. You can't just have um, a complete free-for-all. I mean, in other words, there's got to be force somewhere 
somehow, or you can't have government at all, because what about those people who don't want any government whatsoever? Well, you're going to force them to at least accept some degree of government? And if you don't force them to accept some degree of government, uh, then somebody else is going to force you because you wouldn't force. In other words, that, sadly, that's the reality is sometimes those who have the biggest force capabilities become the forceful faction nevertheless. And so I love the libertarian movement. I love the live and let live ideas. I do have a little bit of concern in its practicality and reality. That's why the founding fathers believe there needs to be limited constitutional government by the consent of the governed. The libertarians would say, well, how well is that working out for you, Sam? And I would say, you know what? It ain't working out great nowadays because we've followed the slippery slope. But it's worked out quite well for a long time. We've had more freedom for more people in the history of the world than anywhere. So it's far from perfect, but you know what? On the other hand, we are making a lot, a lot of progress. So there you have that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's a recap of Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday. Still available online at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Tell your neighbor, would you please? Without further ado, we'd like to welcome our consistent co-host on Friday's back, Mr. Chris Carlson. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Welcome to the broadcast, my friend. So much to talk about, so little time. I want to talk about a couple of items that just came out in Joel Skousen's World Affairs Brief, ladies and gentlemen. And rarely does the World Affairs Brief come out in time to brief you uh, on the show and on what's going on. It usually comes out after the show on uh, Fridays. But man, uh, our buddy, <laughs> Joel Skousen at World Affairs Brief, really doing a phenomenal job, ladies and gentlemen, now. Here's the headline. All Biden vaccine mandates have been blocked by the courts. Isn't that tremendous news? I know we got a long way to go, and I know it's been rough. But this is really important, uh, Chris. Yep, three strikes, you're out. Uh, unfortunately, the Biden administration is going to keep tr pushing and trying, and it looks like they're going to postpone their efforts until after the first of the year, Sam. But yeah, there are three strikes against them at this point. Um, do you want me to read the headline here? Or not that you read the sure. headline. Do you want me to read the opening statement? So. Absolutely. Yes, Joel Skows and WorldAffairsBrief.com. Because Biden's attorney could not show that vaccines reduce transmission, and that's an important word, Sam. Keep an eye on that ball. No pun intended. Reduce transmission of COVID. The federal, a federal judge ruled against the Biden mandate for all healthcare workers employed in the Medicaid, Medicare system in the 10 states under his jurisdiction. So it's about transmissibility. It turns out that these are clot shots do not prevent the transmission of the disease, or at least they, nobody can prove that. The truth shall set you free, they say, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson with me. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. People in government hate to be compared to Nazi Germany, but what is going on with the COVID vaccine is very similar to the beginning of something that happened not long ago. 
From 1933 to 1945, Nazi Germany carried out a campaign to cleanse German society of individuals viewed as biological threats to the nation's health. Enlisting doctors, the Nazis developed a health policy that began with mass sterilization of what they called genetically diseased persons, Jews, blacks, and gypsies. With legitimacy provided by science experts, the Nazi regime carried out a program of forced sterilization, then isolation from the rest of the German population, and finally, euthanasia that found its most radical manifestation in the death of millions of people that were considered a national health risk. Sound familiar? Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman on your radio. So the bottom line is Biden's getting shut down on his vaccine mandate everywhere under the sun possible. Three court cases went against Biden already, and the Senate voted against Biden already. The House will never take it up. Nevertheless, you know, this Judge Baker's decision um, came in a case that was originally filed by a bunch of different states, including Idaho, Utah, a bunch of governors of those states. We're pushing for this along with the Board of Regents. Um, and basically they're saying, look, it's abuse of power by, by Biden. The fact is there's no evidence that these vaccines um, help with transmission at all. They don't stop transmission of the virus. Therefore, it's not a legitimate vaccine in the traditional definition. Chris? No, they're not. Um, sorry, I was back on the World Affairs brief. Yeah. So, yeah, in fact, they had to change that definition um, just recently, I think in September of this year, and we talked about that a little bit. Uh, so the vaccine no longer confers immunity, and it's no longer uh, guaranteed to prevent transmission from one person to another. And this is a wholesale change uh, after about 150 years of uh, defining vaccines as an attenuated virus that you inject into your body that gives uh, your immune system an opportunity to identify and then to create an immunity against it. Now we have the definition, which uh, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, is any preparation, that, oh no, that's the old definition, uh, a preparation that is administered as by injection to stimulate the body's immune response against a specific infectious disease. And uh, they've, they've really dumbed down the definition of a vaccine in order to qualify the new COVID vaccines that are coming out as vaccines, which they're really not in the traditional sense. And they do not confer uh, 
immunity, nor do they prevent transmissibility from one host to another, Sam. And that's extremely important. And this judge, now the one I'm on is Judge Matthew Shelp. Is that the one you mentioned? Well, I mentioned a different one. There's three of them all in a row, though, that went against Biden. So it doesn't matter which yes. one. Either all of them are all three judges, and they're all three highlighting uh, inconsistencies in the authority that Biden has or does not have, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Judge Matthew Shelp makes a statement uh, that uh, whether or not the vaccine significantly lower transmissibility of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, including the variants, the lack of data regarding vaccination status and transmissibility in general is concerning. The effectiveness of the vaccine is to prevent disease transmission by those vaccinated. It is not, and that is not currently known. And I write, conspicuously missing on this is um, the fact that the COVID-19 vaccines prevent disease transmission because they don't. The entire basis, now listen, this is important, the entire basis upon which government experts such as Anthony Fauci are attempting to assert their authority to mandate the vaccines is the presumed notion that the unvaccinated are transmitting the virus to other people when in fact the CDC itself has never claimed that, Sam. And the vaccines, um, they don't prevent transmission. The only thing that they claim is that COVID-19 vaccines are effective at helping protect against severe disease and death, which is a completely and totally different definition of what a vaccine should do. And I can prove that. I went to the CDC's uh, website and they have a, a checklist of eight different things that you should know about the vaccine. And the closest thing to conferring immunity or preventing transmissibility is people who are fully vaccinated can resume many activities they did before the pandemic. Um, however, people should wear a mask indoors if the public need a blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then they say again, uh, effect, the COVID-19 vaccines are effective at helping protect against severe disease and death. But they never come right out and say that it prevents transmissibility, which is the entire rationale behind the social distancing, behind the, you know, everybody getting it uh, so that you can't uh, transmit it from person to person. So they don't have a leg to stand on legally if they can't prove that the vaccines are effective in uh, preventing transmissibility. So preventing transmissibility is one huge uh, reality check. It doesn't do so, and that's why the judge dismissed it. Um, in the 90 days following EUA release of the COVID vaccine, they've now recorded 1,223. Who is this now? This is Pfizer itself. Has recorded 1,223 deaths and 158,000 adverse reactions, including fetal deaths spontaneous abortions, and more. They call this in their, quote, encrypted transhuman pharma lingo. They call it the post-marketing experience. In other words, they've admitted blatantly that they know that it's causing death. In every other vaccine rollout in history, if they've had even a fraction of those deaths, they would yank the vaccine off the market in a second. But in this case, they're not doing that at all, ladies and gentlemen. It is criminal. Now, it gets worse, the criminal activity that we're discovering as well, ladies and gentlemen, because Germany, the deep state in Germany, murders doctor for spilling the truth on vaccines. Here's the deal. After spending a year exposing the dangers of, quote, graphene oxide in vaccines, Dr. Andreas Noak, I think is how you say his name, 
had just discovered that the form of graphene oxide in some vaccines was actually graphene hydroxide, GH, uh, whatever it is. Um, Anyway, they call it permanent structure that stays in the body and does not biodegrade. Now, worse than that, he demonstrated that this GH, that's the initials for this thing, is only 0.1 nanometers thick, which means it acts like razor blades in your bloodstream, folks. And it cut up, cuts up and damages your blood vessels and the blood vessel linings, causing all kinds of damage in the body, especially to high-performing athletes, they say, and that's why all these athletes are dying. Um, anyway, Joel Skousen's worldaffairsbrief.com uh, has the whole breakdown on this, but it is chilling when you dig into this, Chris. Yeah, and the problem is, unless you have um, the proper equipment in an autopsy, you cannot detect particles so small as uh, one nanometer. So if you do an autopsy, you may not uh, be able to determine the cause of death, uh, which will con- you know, won't alert people to what the real problem is. Uh, and there are other things that they've claimed that, that are in, uh, that, you know, scientists have claimed they're in the, um, the vaccines that are dangerous as well. Um, of course, the spike protein itself, you know, is a biohazard. It's been determined by a lot of scientists and doctors to be a biohazard. So, I mean, they got you coming and going, Sam. You don't know. And the fact that they, they are not legally required to list their ingredients on the vaccine label, it should raise all sorts of red flags, and we're not seeing those red flags. We're, we're still in, um, in this, this state of denial, like we talked about last week, um, the uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, that sure ties it to our previous discussions, doesn't it? It certainly does. Wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's so much to cover on this. We'll never get to it all. But we do want to bring up ZeroHedge.com, and their reporting uh, is incredible on this. I mentioned athletes. Chris, this directly relates, doesn't it? Yep. A lot of soccer players are are falling down and literally dying in the middle of the soccer field. And, uh, you know, these are the most healthy athletes on the face of the earth. Their cardiovascular systems, at least, have to be extremely high level in order to participate at that level. And they're, they're dropping dead like flies. And, you know, everybody, <laughs> the people, we aren't connecting the dots, apparently. Either that or we're just not getting the information on mainstream media, which is probably more uh, to, the, to the point than anything else. Well, a lot of us are connecting the dots. We're just having a hard time getting the word out to enough people who don't pay attention to the new media taking center stage. That's all. But the article says explosion in new heart conditions dismissed as post-pandemic stress disorder. Articles written by Tyler Durden in Zero Hedge. Uh, and it is shocking, the details in this article, Chris. Yeah, experts in the U.K. say that an explosion in new heart illnesses in younger patients can be explained by a new condition called post-pandemic stress disorder. I'm not kidding you. This is not in the onion. This is not in the Babylon Bee. They're literally attributing these uh, heart conditions to younger people, which are typically uh, attributed to older people, uh, by a condition called post-pandemic stress disorder. It's caused by stress, they're claiming, Sam. I've got two doctors here that, that... that are trying to promote that that notion it's obviously not a and in one so paul paul joseph watson who wrote the article said well how can this be um we haven't had uh 
UK hasn't been under any form of lockdowns for almost six months, yet now these um, heart conditions are, are supposed to be attributed to lockdowns. That hasn't been the case for months. The only thing associated with uh, these heart conditions would be the, the vaccines themselves. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you say, Sam, why did you mention Tyler Durden if it's Paul Joseph Watson that wrote the article? Because we got it from Zero Hedge, and they all partner on these investigative uh, research articles. Great work by these guys. Hang tight. Chris Carlson with me. Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. A semi-rig full of migrants overturned in Chiapas, Mexico Thursday night, leaving 54 dead and 105 injured. Civil Protection Chiapas said on Twitter that the tragedy was a result of an accident of two trucks traveling on a bridge. Chiapas, Mexico shares a border with Guatemala. A video of new Suffolk County District Attorney Rachel Rollins freaking out on reporters for attempting to interview her outside of work resurfaced Wednesday after she was confirmed to be President Biden's U.S. Attorney for Massachusetts. The video of Rachel Rollins contains threats, vulgarity, and racist statements. After mainstream media and countless politicians said Jussie Smollett's racist attack was a sign of the times in America, boy, did they get that wrong. In which they found Mr. Smollett guilty of virtually all charges of doing exactly what we said he did. Prosecutor Dan Webb, USA Radio News. You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip-hop, or house, country, Techno or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. America is built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty HealthShare brings that to healthcare. The liberty of choosing your own doctor. The liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty HealthShare makes healthcare affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to lightyourliberty.com. That's lightyourliberty.com. Atrocities in China have been documented again. An independent investigative British-based tribunal said in a report that China has committed genocide against the Muslim minority Uyghur population and other ethnic minorities in the western part of the Asian nation. In the 63-page report, the tribunal said that Beijing had subjected the Uyghur people to unconscionable cruelty and crimes against humanity. It concluded that the actions amounted to genocide. U.S. and Western officials have said that as many as 2 million Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities in China's Xinjiang province have been placed in a network of detention centers. They've been subjected to forced torture, labor, and sexual abuse, and many are being detained without any justification. The report accuses top Chinese officials, including President Xi Jinping, for the humanitarian crisis. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. USA Radio News.
All right, all right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio with Chris Carlson doing a great job. Final story on the vaccine discussion. Vietnam province is in the news uh, with a huge change in direction. Chris? Yes, sir. The Vietnamese province of Tan Hao has suspended the use of a Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine batch after over 120 students were hospitalized following their inoculations. And it's interesting, so they suspended the batch for those children, but they said that the, the suspended batch will be put into storage and could be used later for other groups like adults, Trong added. I don't know if, about you, Sam, but if I were living uh, in uh, Vietnam, that wouldn't be too comforting if I was an adult. I mean, that's an extreme case of Stockholm Syndrome. So they don't want to throw away these batches that put 120 students in the hospital because that would be a bit a waste of, you know, good medication for adults, right? Because obviously adults are, have better immune systems. What's going on here, Sam? It's just nobody's connecting what's, the dots. What's going on is they've been caught in their lies, and now it's unraveling to the point where judges don't agree, the Senate doesn't agree, everyone knows Fauci's a fraud, he's lost his credibility, their claim of following the science is a lie. Now when Fauci gets attacked, or gets attacked, he claims that he and science are virtually one and the same. I mean, the guy's just drunk crazy with power. Uh, and the bottom line is Americans are starting to realize, and people around the world are starting to realize it for what it is. They're realizing today the vaccines are not the answer. Uh, and people are starting to wake up on a lot of fronts. Vaccinations are one of them, but also the abortion debate is another. Conservatives and pro-life folks are starting to push back, and now the abortion debate is before the Supreme Court World Affairs Brief with great details. The December 3rd World Affairs Brief uh, has a lot of information, so it's last week's World Affairs Brief, but it really breaks this down like nobody's business. Chris? Yep, this moment that many of us have been waiting to arrive, that the court is going to rehear Roe versus Wade. So Joel Skousen introduces the story by saying, the nation is finally going to get a full determination on whether this current, in, in quotes, conservative Supreme Court will overturn Roe versus Wade, which created a, quote, right to an abortion, unquote, out of thin air. So this is the uh, Heritage Foundation um, article that, that he quotes in his World Affairs Brief. He says, according to the article, the validity of those precedents is on the line because the court in both decisions determined that any abortion ban prior to the viability when the unborn child can potentially live outside the womb is unconstitutional. In this whole um, hearing of this, and I don't think we're going to get a, uh, a decision until after the first of the year, is based on a Mississippi ban of abortions after 15 weeks, which is, I'm not sure that was a very good strategic move on their part because uh, viability is generally agreed to be after 24 weeks, Sam. Of course, I believe that uh, viability should be considered at the point of conception, and I know you and I are pretty much um, in concurrence with that. But it, Roe versus Wade is going to be challenged, and I wish I could be optimistic, Sam, but I'm not, because all of the other uh, mechanisms that we could have used for low these 47 years, like nullification, uh, like uh, legislative nullification, like um, using the Fifth Amendment. Uh, like using the Ten Commandments, for that matter, and, and recognizing that the court, uh, you know, 
went way out of its bounds, whether it be constitutionally speaking or, uh, you know, according to divine law. All of these remedies that we could have used, and I've got lots and lots of quotes from people who agree with me on this, have been exhausted. And now the American people with bated breath have put the decision back in the re the arena of the Supreme Court, which I think is extremely dangerous because I don't think, um, you know, our hopes are going to be realized when they come down with the final decision. And I don't know what that'll be. But, um, you know, this 63 million innocent, the most innocent among us, Sam, children have been murdered in their mother's wombs for the last 47 years. And somebody's going to have to pay a price because there's this thing called blood atonement. And we are rapidly uh, rendering ourselves more and more um, in the debt of our Heavenly Father if we don't get this right. And to depend on the Supreme Court, which is presumably conservative, is a risky proposition. And let me tell you why. And this is what Joel Scalzi, I'll just quote from him. The court has established a two-step process for determining whether a precedent should be over overruled. This alone is shocking because, and this is the important part, Sam, every hearing on any of Trump's nominees for the court have demanded that all judge candidates ex accept Roe versus Wade as, quote, settled law, unquote. And I remember when they were um, having hearings uh, for Neil Gorsuch's uh, nomination that uh, Neil Gorsuch himself stated under no uncertain terms would he oppose Roe versus Wade and that he considered it settled law. And I remember thinking, this is our savior politically, Donald Trump, and this is the man that he's chosen, uh, you know, to, to be one of the nine judges in the Supreme Court. And I don't think Amy Coney Barrett is any different, nor is um, Brett Kavanaugh. I, th I think, you know, all three of those quote-unquote conservative judges will probably for the most part, part genuflect to Roe versus Wade, if for no other reason than that it's been around for over 47 years. And I don't think that's justification for any Supreme Court decision. Anyway, I'd, I've been going on ad nauseum. Did you want to add anything before I can, because I've got a lot of information that I'd like to share concerning Roe versus Wade, Sam. Yeah, quickly, I want to say this. Let's break down kind of the judges. They've all said that this is already decided law. So, uh, sadly, uh, they spoke out of turn, in my opinion, uh, so we kind of know where they stand. Uh, then they've also made statements about their views on things, which taint the argument even further. Uh, but I think we need to really get to the heart of the issue. The uh, Supremes in their robes can babble on all they want to, but all they do is issue opinions. Well, I've got opinions, uh, and then there's facts, okay? And facts are really important, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, courts are very important, yes, but not as important as the truth, all right? So let's be very clear about the truth about this. All these guys can have opinions. Now, we could guess what we think they're going to do, and I can give my you know opinion on that in just a second, but let's be very clear about the reality of abortion, ladies and gentlemen. Persons have already exercised their rights, their inherent rights, when they engage in sex. But the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, they're not free to walk away from that responsibility. All right? It's like if I were to take off in my car, all right, and then I have a right to drive a car, true, but then if I crash and damage somebody else's car, that doesn't get me off the hook from responsibility, ladies and gentlemen, okay? And so, A, 
when you produce a child, you have your agency, your choice. But you have consequences related to those choices that simply cannot be escaped. Chris, that's really the bottom line, boiled down to the bottom line of the discussion, isn't it? Yeah, because there is a third party, whereas in most uh, Supreme Court cases um, where you sin against yourself, which, you know, adultery or fornication, in my mind, is a sin. But I'm not going to run out and and arrest you because you're uh, engaging in those sinful acts. But if you bring a third party into the equation, yes, I believe that it is um, incumbent upon the general populace through their governments to intervene in behalf of that now innocent soul that you voluntarily with your partner brought into this world. Yeah, and, and Joel Scouse in, in no uncertain terms makes that point very powerfully in the World Affairs Brief. So we have to protect that life. I don't care if it's an inconvenience for you for the next nine months. And, you know, and it used to be when Roe versus Wade was passed, was handed down, I should say, as a Supreme Court decision in, in 1943, there weren't a lot of what are called uh, safe haven laws. Are you familiar with those? Yes, huh? Um, okay, so in other words, and you, I checked Utah, and, and they have a safe haven law. I, don't, I think I'm misstating uh, the term. Um, anyway, if, if you have a child and you cannot or do not want to raise that child, you can hand that child over to the authorities. You can take it to a fire station. You can take it to a police station. And you are absolved from that point forward from any responsibility for that child for the rest of your life. And that child will be taken care of. It will There, there will be found a, a, a stable family for that child to be raised in. And, um, you know, the, he'll live or she will live happily ever after. Uh, and that wasn't the case when Roe versus Wade was passed. So there's no rationalization for you not to bring that baby to term and bring it in this world because n- knowing that that child will be given a good home. Uh, so there's, there's, there's no reason for that to happen. Otherwise, you know, we as a society will have that innocent blood on our hands. Collectively speaking, if we don't do anything to protect that the most innocent among us child. Trump might not have done perfect, ladies and gentlemen, during his presidency. There's a lot of gaffes in what he's done. But I will say this, and Joel Skousen agrees, Trump's hundreds of judicial appointments during his presidency are now haunting Joe Biden. Trump changed the federal appellate courts to be much more conservative. Quick pause, Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Press 1. To change your message, press 7. Hey, Mom, Dad, Mark here. Wow, 
I love college. Really. I never knew living on my own could be so uh, good for me. Uh. To take your message, press 7. So, here I am at college. It's cool. Well, of course, it's only been a week. To take your message. Hey, it's me. I was just remembering that time I hit my first home run. You know, through the garage window. Thanks for not being mad. No. To take Hi. Boy, I miss you guys. I miss my room. I miss waking up to warm socks straight from the dryer. Warm socks? Family. Isn't it about time? Hi, it's Mark. Um, love you guys. Uh, I'll call you later. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Back to the live Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio talking about the Supreme Court, talking about abortion and the lie that you have a right to murder another. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you have a, a pregnancy, you have a third party. You have the male and female that created the child, procreated power, partnering with God. But then the third party is this baby, this new life. They want you to believe you can stuff out life. But so far, even Joel Scowls in WorldAffairsBrief.com writes this. Trump's hundreds of judicial appointments during his presidency are now haunting Joe Biden. Trump changed the federal appellate courts, tilting them in favor of conservative values. Now it's a thorn in Biden's side. Well, time will tell what kind of a thorn it really is in Biden's side. Uh, I find that, you know, Trump's judges are doing some good, no doubt, uh, but they've lost a lot of cases and a lot of liberals, liberalism by the courts and by these Supremes have sold us down the river in many, many, many cases as well. Healthcare being a primary point to make, ladies and gentlemen. They literally doubled down after Republicans promised to jettison Obamacare, and, and then they basically had the courts just sell us down the river over and over and over to the point where, hey, Congress and the courts made us lose that one big time proving the Republicans are really for Obamacare, even though they claim they're against it. There might be a few genuine Republicans that are against it, but for the most part, they've doubled down in favor of. The question is, what will happen in the Supreme Court discussion on abortion? Uh, right now, this Texas law, kind of at the heart of it, uh, this um, law uh, for uh, Mississippi, kind of at the heart of it, uh, and we'll kind of see what the Supreme Court justices do. Um a lot of people believe they'll jettison Roe versus Wade. I agree with you, Chris. I'm not so optimistic. What I find the courts rarely do is double down in defense of something clearly, unequivocally stand for something. What they usually do is create this train wreck of compromise toward the end of the day you go, well, that was a slap in the face, kind of win but loss, but yet I don't really know. Both sides end up claiming victory. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that I usually see. Chris? Well, remember the Heller decision where the, the Supreme Court upheld the individual right to keep and bear arms, yet they, they included a caveat that the government can regulate that right to keep and bear arms. Well, do you really have a right if the government can abridge that right under circumstances? Of course not. So I got a feeling that they're, they're going to come back at the in, uh, beginning of next year, and they're going to throw a bone to the conservatives and, and convince them that they, they've moved the needle when, in fact, there's going to be a caveat. 
a caveat that's and I I'm and this is just me predicting Sam I don't have any more inside information than anybody else but like you said it's too good to be true you know to abolish Roe versus Wade I don't think the deep state can afford that um, I know that Amy Comey Barrett Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh never mentioned Roe versus Wade it meaningfully in their uh, confirmation hearings so there's no reason for me to have any hope that they're going to stand up uh, for liberty and for the protection of the sacred uh, right to life that these the most innocent among us are. Not only have they to. not stood up for that right, really, they've also kind of suggested and hinted and kind of hawed around uh, that this is already settled law. Uh, so yeah. that's kind of a, a thorn in their side as well. Now, might it be turned back to the states with caveats? I think that's very possible indeed. But if that happens, what you do, though, is you now, because you've set this precedent for 60 years, almost, or 50 years at least, uh, I guess 50 years, um, is you basically now divide the nation between, quote, quote red and blue, uh, extreme. So you got California, which is literally swearing they'll become the abortion haven of the nation. Whereas you got Texas, Mississippi, uh, and a few other pretty bold states saying, hey, we'll reject murder everywhere it's found with harsh penalties. But what you're doing is you're going to divide the states on this between, and I hate to say it, but red and blue or whatever term you want, pro-death and pro-life, um, it might be an irreversible divide in the nation. So I think they might go for it because they like that divide. The more they divide, the more they can conquer us. That's the communist manifesto principle of the Hegelian dialectic and the only answer to resolve the crisis they create is more government and so they might back into this in a shorthanded slap you in the face kind of way uh, but yet it'll eventually haunt because then if the states are divided too much on this issue then it will become another supreme court case so they might dismiss roe versus wade turn it back to the states then with a hodgepodge of division then the supreme court unites us in some other manipulated way to even create more tyranny out of once we thought was just an abortion law, now becoming a greater tyranny. I'm predicting something of that nature uh, to happen. Chris? Yeah, I agree, because divide and conquer is their ultimate strategy. They want to see us fighting each other in the streets. That way they don't have to fight us. And that is a strategy, and it, it might just cause, like you said, it might cause greater division as a result. And, you know, my mom ta taught me since I was five years old, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And in politics, that's even more true. But the sad thing about it, Sam, is, you know, we, as, as a state, as a, this, I'm a member of the state of Utah. That's my country as I l see it under the Constitution. The federal government, you know, has very limited authority and limited powers to do a very few things in my behalf, whereas the state is, is the... Uh, the governmental body that I associate with mostly. And right now, as it stands, Sam, um, the state of Utah could abolish abortion, and it very well should. But the, the fact that we're genuflecting to the, the Supreme Court, which has no enforcement power, which has no um, legislative power, you know, this weakest of all of the of the three branches of government is exercising this authority over us when when we shouldn't be genuflecting to them or respecting that authority is contrary to the what the founding fathers talked about um there's a i would like to read federalist 78 um i know you guys talk about federalist 46 a lot you and uh, lowell nelson but alexander hamilton said this in federalist 78 the judiciary so that's the supreme court 
on the contrary, has no influence over either the sword or the purse. No direct, no direct, no direction, sorry, either of the strength or of the wealth of, of the society and can take no active resolution whatever. It may truly be said to have neither force nor will, but merely judgment. And I want to emphasize that. It's made a judgment. It's registered an opinion. Now, we can either accept that and enforce that opinion, or we can ignore it and nullify it. And I say as a state, we should ignore and nullify that because the Constitution gives... The Supreme Court neither legislative nor enforcement power, and they intended it to be that way so that it would register its opinion, and either the federal or the states or the local governments can take that seriously, or we can just say, okay, thanks for your opinion. We're going to obey. We would rather obey God's law than man's law, and we would be 1,000% justified in doing that, Sam, and you and I both know that. Yeah, we would. There's no question. There's no question about that, Chris. Where the rubber meets the road, in my opinion, is we have the authority to nullify now. There's no question. But, ladies and gentlemen, what you got to remember is this nation is incredibly powerful at carrying out the separation of powers, allowing the consent of the governed to maintain control of their servants, government officials at all levels. The checks and balances, vertical and horizontal, are one of the grand keys for that maintaining of power by we the people as we give consent to those who serve us. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, that this nation is only, the governing of this nation is only adequate for a moral and a religious people. All right? And so if we're going to set aside morality and religion, we are going to lose our ability to hold this nation together because the very united front of a moral religious people managing the separations of powers appropriately disintegrates and the powers that are supposed to be separate become all in one judge jury and executioner and the people become divided on every point of issue every point of discussion and so when the people are divided and the government's unified we're in trouble and it's supposed to be the opposite we unified moral religious people use the divisions that we've intentionally created in government to maintain control and the checks and balances are the key to that exercise. Now, anyway, I, I digress a little bit, but it's completely relevant uh, in these discussions before the courts today, Chris. Yeah, the people are the sovereign. I mean, it's the people's will that presumably the government is executing. And when the government begins to execute uh, the will of the minority, against, and especially against God's laws, I mean, it's very clear. The Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not kill. So l- let me pose this question to you. And the answer is in the answer that you'll give me. Are, do God's laws, laws supersede man's laws, or do man's laws supersede God's laws? And I say in every case whatsoever, God's laws always supersede and take precedence over man's laws. So on its Well, face, let me explain Roe it this way. In a constitutional republic, God's laws supersede man's laws. That's true. And in a real yep. world of truth and honor and integrity, God's laws always supersede man's laws. But in a democracy, man's laws become king. And that's why democracies every time run off the rails and destroy themselves, eventually turn into anarchy, turning into tyranny, reminding the people to remember their God once more. So your point's right, but we've got to put it in perspective about when man decides to not pay attention to God and pay attention to their own laws, to their own edicts, to their own 
imaginations, if you will. It always runs off the rails, always has, and always will. Chris? Yep. And even, let's say you're an atheist. Let's, Let's give you that. And a lot of people claim that, well, I don't believe in God, so this doesn't apply to me. Well, you're still a citizen in this constitutional republic. And according to the Constitution, and I'm reading from Article 6 of the Constitution, word for word, this Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, and that's a key expression, there's a key phrase, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, and all treaties made or what shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land. So people say, well, you know, Roe versus Wade was passed under a constitutionally uh, mandated Supreme Court, but it was not made in pursuance of the Constitution. And I can give you several accounts. One is the Constitution does not give jurisdiction to any branch, let alone the Supreme Court of the federal government, um, authority to rule on cases of abortion so already you're out of your jurisdiction that that devolves to the states or the local government or to the individual okay second of all according to the fifth amendment let's see if i can bring that up real quick i think i've got it memorized um, no person shall be denied life liberty or property without due process of law boom there's your strike two sam Uh, You're depriving the most innocent human beings among us of life, liberty, and I wouldn't say property in this case, uh, without due process of law. Um, And and then uh, the the 10th Amendment, there's your strike three, boom. Uh, If you don't understand the 5th Amendment and Article 6, then you've got the 10th Amendment, which says that the Constitution doesn't specifically uh, delegate it, you cannot exercise it. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. We want to pray for we the people as we reject vaccination forced tyranny. And as we debate and discuss, not only in the Supreme Court, but in Americans' households all over the nation, will we tolerate the murder of the most innocent among us, abortion? Or will we finally stand up and reject that tyranny? We pray we reject murder and we stand for pro-life at all costs. We don't have confidence in the courts when the people aren't willing to turn to their God Almighty. If we would turn to God, I have confidence in the courts. I believe we as a nation can pray and stand together and repent, and we can we can turn this around, but it's going to take we the people. Thanks, Chris. God bless America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, absolutely one of the great 
peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. Remember, government derives its just power from the consent of the governed. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. By the way, it is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back. One heart, one mind, one issue at a time for ride day. You got to dig that. And I'm going to start out and say shame on the House. Shame on the Senate as well. Senate clears hurdle to raising debt ceiling. Did you see this? New York Times with this piece. And I know people say, Sam, why do you quote the New York Times and USA Today, USA Today and kind of the enemy media a lot? Sam, why do you do that? Why don't you go to our sources? Uh, because oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, new listeners don't understand all of our new media sources and they don't trust them. So whenever we can get information from the mainstream press, we might as well use it. And what we need to do is when they tell the truth, give them credit, even the mainstream press. When they don't tell the truth, then we need to challenge them on it every time. But headline says Senate clears hurdle to raising debt ceiling. All right? And it's just basically uh, New York Times, right? NYT with this one. Now, are they getting it right? Well, kind of. We'll, We'll drill into this to make the point. Okay? Senate clears the hurdle. Dateline Washington, they say the Senate on Thursday, so yesterday cleared away the last major hurdle to raising the debt ceiling. They say approving legislation that would all but guarantee that Congress will be able to move quickly in the coming days to spear the government away from a first ever federal default. They say the breakthrough came after 14 Republicans joined every Democrat to effectively end. Wow. Now listen, they say to end their party's month-long blockade. The legislation eventually passed by similar margin 59 to 35 with 10 Republicans joining Democrats for final, or final passage. Here's what they did, ladies and gentlemen. They established a, quote, one-time, what they call fast-track process for Congress to increase the statutory borrowing limit by set amount that is still to be determined. They say that would pave the way for a separate vote to increase the debt limit as much as $2.5 trillion dollars expected early next week that puts Congress on track to avoid a fiscal crisis with little time to spare. Yeah, the Treasury Department said they would reach the limit by December the 15th, so it's coming up quickly, and they would no longer be able to finance the government's operations or obligations. Thursday's vote, they say, broke through months of politically charged wrangling in the Senate where Republicans have refused to let Democrats take up any long-term, quote, debt ceiling increase. And they've used the filibuster to um, block their efforts to do so. But now Mitch McConnell, the majority or minority leader, uh, cut a deal with Democrats in a very convoluted process 
that would allow the borrowing cap to be raised on a simple majority vote. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is where, you know, you get the government literally just playing games. So you used to have to have a super majority for all these things, but they knew they couldn't get it passed. So Republicans joined with Democrats and betrayed us, and they didn't get rid of the supermajority permanently just kind of this one time to raise the debt ceiling. McConnell, of course, was among the 10 Republicans who voted both to enhance and to pass the legislation amend among recriminations between everybody in there and in the Republican Party that said that it was a betrayal. Amen, it was a betrayal. The measure was packaged with legislation that would postpone scheduled cuts to Medicare, farm aid, and other mandatory spending programs. Yeah. There you have it. They're just lying. They'll never have the guts to stand up. For Democrats, they say it was a crucial step towards completing a slew of, quote, must-pass bills this month. Yeah. Anyway, they basically have just spent us into oblivion. Democrats were focused and eager to focus their full attention on muscling through Biden's marquee domestic policies before Christmas, but they may not get that done. Although Democrats have not said how much they will, quote, increase the borrowing cap, it's expected that they will, well, delay some things, and they say they'll need to raise it at least by $2.5 trillion to cover that period. Now, uh, where do you go with this? Again, everybody always tells me you got to work on the Republicans, Sam. That's where the answers are. Those are the conservative guys. Those are doing a good job. Every time we're betrayed by the Republicans, every time we want to hold the line, it's Republicans that break and sell us out. In October, for example, Mitch McConnell relented temporarily. Yeah corralling 10 of his colleagues to join him in breaking his own party's filibuster of a short-term increase to the debt limit. But then he said in a scathing letter to Biden that he would not do so again. But he just did. Yeah. They say they could do this through reconciliation without Republicans, but we bailed them out this time. Yeah. They simply sat back and expected that we would once again provide special opportunities for them. And that's exactly what we've done. Yeah. What a shame. We've created a dangerous precedent, ladies and gentlemen. They say that would erode the rules of the Senate filibuster that has long, quote, protected the minority party. See, I don't believe in the filibuster at all, ladies and gentlemen. I don't believe in protecting any party. Okay, I believe each individual should be responsible for their votes, and their votes should be transparent. And we, the people, based on our consent, should say, we like your voting, we're going to keep you there and reelect them, and or say, we don't like your voting, you're gone. 
You're out of there. We'll find somebody who will. That's what needs to happen. But no, we're not doing it, ladies and gentlemen. We're not holding anybody accountable or standing up for what matters or what's right at all. They have caved, the Republicans. They have sold us out. And shame on the Senate for clearing the, quote, hurdle to raising the debt ceiling. It's a shame on them. It's a shame on them. I'm mad about and disappointed in the Senate. I don't think we should have gone along at all. You say, Sam, do you just want to create a default? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't really want to create a default, no. But if, if a default is the only natural consequence to rein in spending, then somehow we've got to do something. Okay, we'll never rein in spending if there's no consequences or accountability or transparency in the process. Okay, that's what you really got to understand. It is about reducing spending. It is about the federal government living within their constitutional restraints. It is about we the people giving consent to government and government only carrying out what we've given consent to and nothing more and nothing less. And it is about the proper funding to carry out those constitutional um, requirements. But what they've done is literally sold us down the river to the point where at some point somebody will force a cult, a halt to the con game. Let me say that again. It's only a matter of time when somebody somewhere will force a halt to the con game. Okay, somebody will eventually call in the debt due. And then we'll be forced to reckon with this reality. We will not be able to continue to take a drink from the economic bottle of false prosperity and pretend that it's okay. We will not be able to sell the next generation into flat-out slavery, financially speaking. We will be required to be accountable and transparent and make decisions. Well, I'm suggesting to you that there are better ways to go about this without defaulting. You might say something like this. We will, we will raise the debt ceiling uh, by, say, a trillion dollars instead of $2.5 trillion. However, we will demand the increase of accountability by the decrease of spending by double, triple, quadruple the amount we raised the debt ceiling. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, we can work through ways to create accountability down the road. We may not do it all at once, but what did we extract for our cave? Answer, nothing but increased spending. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
as a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk radio at your fingertips always, ladies and gentlemen. Talking about the debt ceiling, Republicans absolutely betrayed us. Senate now clears hurdle to raising the debt ceiling. New York Times, it goes into the compromise. It goes into the, we don't even know how much we're raising the debt ceiling. We just know we already agreed by changing Senate rules that we are. How much time will tell? That's a later date discussion. That's how they deceive you. They get you to vote for something, and then, well, you don't even know what you're voting for because you don't know how much or anything else. It's a big old lie. Republicans are as guilty as Democrats. Shame on them. Always enough Democrats side with, or enough Republicans, I'm sorry, side with the Democrats to sell us down the river. That always, always, always happens on the court, in Congress, everywhere you go. Sadly, that becomes the reality. Now, I say to you, what have we extracted along the way to create accountability and transparency uh, in, in this? Senate clears hurdle to raising debt ceiling, but I don't see where we've gained anything. What we should have said is if you want to raise the debt ceiling uh, $2.5 we're not doing that. We're going to go through this bill, and we're only going to fund the constitutional things, and we're going to reduce spending to where, you know what, uh, we're going to reduce the debt ceiling maybe a half a trillion maybe even a trillion dollars, but we're going to, on the back end, force the reduction in spending enough to say, hey, number one, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling again into the future, and two, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling near as much as you want, and Democrats, if you want to shut down the government because we won't increase the debt ceiling uh, to your spend-happy satisfaction, then shame on you. See, we didn't extract anything in this. We didn't create any accountability. We didn't create any more responsibility going forward. We didn't change the game or use this to make sure that we, um, you know, bought ourselves time or put less burden on the next generations or any of those things like we should have. We just flat out caved. What a shame it is. What a sad tale to tell. All right, now there's another interesting headline that I find just shocking to me. I thought I'd bring it to your attention and see what you think as well. Headline says this from Charlie Savage. House passes bill curbing many, quote, presidential powers. My response is not. They didn't do that, okay? Don't lie to yourself. Don't be deceived, folks. 
I'm not trying to be rude, Charlie, but I'm just telling you I don't buy it. Headline says Republicans almost unanimously opposed the, quote, Protecting Our Democracy Act, which might be broken into several components in the Senate. They say Washington is the dateline. In the House, on Thursday, passed a, quote, sweeping package of constraints on presidential power which Democrats frame as a response to Donald J. Trump's norm-busting presidency and Republicans unanimously opposed for the same reason. Uh Uh-huh. Well, then how did it get passed? Well, they say because Democrats can pass anything they want. They don't need Republicans, right? They say by a nearly party-line vote, get the word nearly, okay, of 220 to 208, 220 to 208. But remember, you got to have 218 to make something pass, right? They say the House approved the Protecting Our Democracy Act. They say which would impose new curbs on executive power. But see, I don't believe that at all. Proponents of, quote, tighter government ethics have long held the measures of this, and Republicans have supported them, but they have been recast as partisan issues because of their association with Donald Trump. Wow. Yeah, Donald's pretty powerful, isn't he? The last administration, they say, saw our democracy in crisis with a rogue president who trampled over the guardrails that protected our republic. Speaker Nancy Pelosi said, so how do they have a Protecting Our Democracy Act when Nancy Pelosi just rightly for once called it a republic? Congress has the solemn responsibility and opportunity to safeguard our democracy, they lie. Okay, that's the lie. Congress has a solemn responsibility and opportunity to safeguard our democracy. Then they lie saying ensuring that past abuses can never be perpetrated by any president of any party. That's a lie. We don't have a democracy, folks. Let's be very clear about that for a minute. They say the legislation would require presidential candidates to disclose their tax returns, which Trump refused to do. Anyway, they talk about then, you know, presidents wouldn't be able to deal with their own finances or reward themselves financially, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. They say there's no passage or possibility for the bill in the Senate, but those who want it to pass plan on breaking it up into little pieces because they believe they can get it passed that way. They say the legislation's path has been slowed down by uncertainty because they want to say that how do we manage this along with allowing that the executive branch can still carry out its duties. They say our system was founded on the respect for the rule of law and a carefully constructed balance of powers among the three branches of government 
That system throughout history has been tested. Anyway, they believe that Republicans believe it's a partisan attack on Donald Trump. And many elements of the bill has have Republican support in other contexts. See, this goes to the idea where they believe, ladies and gentlemen, all they got to do is divide it up into little pieces and you'll pass it. But I have a problem that Congress or House passes bill curbing many presidential powers, not. That's what I say. They say the House approved this Protecting Our Democracy Act. Well, same on the House. They have no right to approve a bill that doesn't protect anything. Okay? We don't have a democracy. Congress does have a solemn responsibility, ladies and gentlemen, an opportunity to safeguard our republic, but not our democracy. Right? Not a democracy. Do you understand the difference, folks? Now, I know people are just going to be like, Sam, we're just saying we have democratic principles, don't we? Yes, we do. But to call our form of government a democracy alone is a betrayal. If you are an elected official and you swore an oath to the supreme law of our land, you must acknowledge that we are a republic. If we are a republic, we have no business passing a, quote, protecting our democracy act. You would say, I don't want to protect our democracy. I want to protect our constitutional republic. The differences in the form of government are startling. A democracy is much more like a socialism state. A democracy is much more like a mob rule state. The House approved the democracy. The Protecting Our Democracy Act. The Congress should safeguard our republic. Not a dishonest democracy. Think about that, folks. This is serious. This isn't just a joke. This isn't something to laugh at. This isn't something where you just go, oh, Sam, you're just kind of expressing your opinion. No. This is discussing our form of government do we have a democracy no we don't so when they say they're going to curb presidential powers the only reason we have allowed presidential powers to get out of control is because congress has not done their duty they've been derelict in their duty for so long the president has walked all over congress we don't need a new democracy act to solve that we just need congress to stand up and demand their powers be safeguarded and use the mechanisms within the supreme law of our constitutional republic to reign in the courts and or the president if they cross the line. That's what we're talking about, or we should be talking about. Did you hear Jesse Smollett was found guilty and convicted on five counts of staging? That's faking, racist, An anti-gay attack in Chicago, lying to police. The jury decides the actor invented the tale about being a victim of a hate crime, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Quick pause. Liberty Roundable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Senate on Thursday adopted a bipartisan deal that opens the way for lawmakers to raise the debt ceiling. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the national debt will be maxed out next week. The compromise, which now heads to President Biden's desk, essentially puts to rest the wrangling over the country's financial health until after the 2022 midterm elections. Two former top D.C. National Guard officials claim that an internal army report on its response to January 6th at the Capitol is loaded with lies. The March 18th Army report says Guard members weren't prepared to respond quickly to the riots and describe multiple communications between top Army officials and the D.C. Guard's commander, then Major General William Walker. Walker, now Sergeant-at-Arms in the House, says some of those communications the Army described in the report never actually happened. For more information, give us a visit at usaradio.com. We are USA Radio News. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N dot com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Just in time for Christmas, Michael Lindell has dropped the price of the standard classic MyPillow, regularly $69.98 to $19.98. Now, queen and king size slightly higher, but that price includes a free press and pack bag so you can take your MyPillow with you anywhere. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use my promo code USA, or call one 800 Support Mike Lindell and American Jobs and give MyPillow for Christmas. For more than three decades, Chinese authorities forced men and women to undergo sterilization to control population growth. Now, as the Chinese government tries to reverse a plummeting birth rate, hospitals in China are turning away men seeking vasectomies. As corporate America appears to be turning a blind eye to the abuses taking place in China, the American people are starting to take a stand against this type of behavior. Congress now turns its attention to legislation addressing China, specifically allegations of human rights abuses and intellectual property theft from Americans. California Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna explains what actions he believes the United States can take to keep China in check on Fox Business. We need to make sure we have a technology advantage, AI and quantum computing, in the technologies of the future. Second, we need to have clear forward deployment uh, and alliances with Australia, Japan, and India to make it very clear that the United States will not stand for any invasion of Taiwan. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. Ladies and gentlemen, miracles in the republic still abound. I know the mainstream press and your godless government. I know government's supposed to be uh, inspired of God. But in our society, we've turned our back on all things godly, sad to say. But I submit to you, there are enough righteous people in the great country known as the United States of America uh, there's enough people who believe in God and who believe in miracles to where faith flat out follows them. So I'm submitting to you that miracles are live in and well uh, in America. And to prove it, Dr. Scott Bradley is finally back with us. As you know, he got very ill indeed. I commented on a little bit to encourage prayer uh, for Scott and for his family. 
and I mentioned it from time to time that, hey, he's getting a little bit better and a little bit stronger. I didn't comment too much on it because of HIPAA laws and because of respect for the family, etc. But I really wanted to kind of let you know that I did care. We did pray for him. We worked hard for him. But I wanted it to be Scott to tell you about his personal challenges, uh, not me or some third party. Dr. Bradley, God bless you. It is a miracle. And welcome back, sir. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, it's indeed a blessing and a privilege to be able to speak again on behalf of the cause of liberty and proper government. You know, it's a, we took a little bit of time off, and uh, we're still on our way back. But to tell you the truth, your assessment of miracles is truly a correct view on this thing. I, you know, people, people today seem to think that miracles have ceased, and that uh, you know we're in a time of, you know, science and all that kind of stuff. But I truly believe that it's a, it, it is a miracle that we've made it uh, to where we are right now. And truly, I also would believe that anybody that offered a word of prayer, a supplication to God on behalf of our restoration participated in a miracle. So so those that prayed can say, I was part of a miracle. And and I truly believe that. The the miracle is is part of everybody's efforts. And of course God hears prayers, he answers them. And and it's interesting how prayers and faith have been offered up on behalf of our recovery all across the land and even overseas. <laughs> I posted a uh, I posted a uh, a little thing on social media here the other day, and um, it was just to say, "Hey, we're on our way," kind of thing, you know. And oh, but it wasn't a half an hour later. I got a response from China. People are keeping an eye on things, and they they wished us so much goodness and and you know Godspeed and. And it's interesting to see that all around the world there are people that are participating and hoping for and praying for the preservation of liberty in this land because if this land fails, the whole world is in deep trouble. And by the way, that brings to mind something. When I run for office, I usually have a website that uh, it tracks where those that are accessing the website come from, you know, the countries they're in. And almost every, it was so fascinating to me, almost every morning, one of the first things I did when I got up, I fired the computer up and went to those metrics to see, you know, where people were accessing it. And it's it's really astounding to me that the accesses came at least in equal number from those in the country to those outside the country. And sometimes those outside the country exceeded those within the country. There are people around the world that are paying attention to what's going on in this land. And, and we really are, you know, under God's graces, the last hope as a nation to be able to uphold the principles that are giving, you know, people the choice to live as they want to live. And, and unfortunately, you know, if you listen to so much of the, you know, mainstream world and the, you know, to the talking heads that are, uh, you know, prevailing in terms of the news and everything, the the actors that are propaganda ministers on the news stations and so on, they, they would have us believe that 
that uh, the momentum is in a different direction. But if you listen to the real people, you listen to the, you know, you, you look at the statistics, you know, whether it's uh, how the, uh, you know, the vaccines being accepted across the nations of the world, there is a great vast number of people that are saying we will not bow to the hand of tyranny. And, and in spite of this, uh, you know, the, the image that's promoted by the, you know, the clones that, that are delivering our news to us, we really do have a vast number of people that are standing on the correct side. So Yeah, let me yeah, prove the point exciting. here, Dr. Bradley. We're rejoicing in God's miracles for your life and for my life. We both overcame uh, COVID-19 uh, and or whatever else befell us along the way. But the United States just passed what they say a major milestone. This is the mainstream press. The United States passed a major vaccination milestone. 200 million are fully vaccinated. They say the vaccination milestone comes as infections, hospitalizations, and deaths are rising even in the states with the highest vaccination rates. In fact, Vermont, where 74% of the population is vaccinated, new cases are record levels, ladies and gentlemen. This is kind of what we're talking about here. Um, but what they're not telling you in this, they want you to believe that's a huge number, and it is. But they want you to believe that's kind of the majority of the people. Well, we're well over 60%. We're well over 200 million. But that means there's 130-plus million that are not fully vaccinated. And, yes, rates are climbing of uh, illness. But I submit to you that what percent has natural immunity? Literally 18-plus months after the fact. Uh, you know what? Dr. Bradley and myself have full natural immunity now, at least as the story goes. Unless those who intentionally created this virus mutate the virus more rapidly than hosts in normalcy would mutate, and they mutate it rapidly enough to get us sick again and again and again and again, which I believe is the mode of operandus uh, that they're taking at this point. I believe it was a manufactured man uh, gain-of-function research-created virus, and then I believe that it was intentionally released on the people. And you say, Sam, why do you say that? And my answer is clear. I say that simply because everything they're doing to prevent the disease is actually furthering the faster mutation of the disease, the weakening of the immune system. And anybody who tries to jettison their narrative is considered a criminal, a terrorist, a, dishon a, a fake news personality, uh, whatever. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, they wanted... 10 days to flatten the curve. We're literally almost now two years in, according to their numbers. We're more than two years in if you look at the facts about when the coronavirus really started spreading. And ladies and gentlemen, is it any better? Now in Vermont, they've literally got 74% of the people vaccinated, right? But ladies and gentlemen, after 74% of the population vaccinated in Vermont, New cases are at record levels. What does that tell you? It tells you that they're lying to you and that it isn't working. And they have this planned pandemic. And everything they're doing is fostering the growth of their fear factor. 
of their death campaign, of their dishonesty, of destroying all medical normalcy. Dr. Bradley, with that, I'd like you to respond. Well, you know, there's just so many issues that need to be brought forth. Uh, There's an old kind of, you know, smart aleck adage about if you see a politician with their lips moving, they're lying. And uh, I think it, it goes way beyond that now. The the uh, uh, public health offices have completely lost credibility. They have changed their narrative. They have modified things. In fact, I, I'm of the opinion that nothing that has been done up to this point has been science-based. It's not based upon fact or research. It's based upon political agenda. And right from the very beginning here, March in 2020, I did a, I've, I've mentioned this on your program before, a uh, uh, an interview, a television interview, with a major uh, news outlet in the state of Utah. And I could tell from the line of their questioning from the very moment they opened their mouth that the agenda was to push compulsory vaccinations. They're using an instrument, as you talk about an enhanced um, disease that was man-created and released upon society as the instrument to carry out a political agenda. And and it's interesting to me that, you know, there's two weeks of flatten the curve and the idea that we all get vaxxed, it's all going to be well. If people were willing to listen, do we need to take a break already, Sam? Roger that. Quick pause. Dr. Scott Bradley, ladies and gentlemen, with us as we rejoice over God's miracles on your radio. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley back with us. We are celebrating. We are rejoicing in God's miracles. Welcome back, brother. Yes, indeed, well, Dr. Thanks. Scott Bradley with us. The, the um, COVID vaccines are a sham, folks. And the protocols in the hospitals are absolutely, uh, in my opinion, by the average Joe in the hospital, they're just shoddy. They're just second guess by golly. But I believe from the top down, these protocols are intentionally created to kill, to create a culture of death. You say, why do you say that, Sam? Because it goes against everything we scientifically know about preserving life, returning people to health and strength and vitality uh, that we've known for literally a couple of hundred years. Everything is being turned on its head, doctor, and that cannot be by accident. Well, it would certainly seem not. I mean, uh, why would we set aside proven protocols for, you know, literally decades? And, and you know, it's interesting to me that everybody says, well, this is, this is the official, you know, sanctioned and, and advised way to treat this. Having been through all of those treatments, I'm absolutely convinced that, uh, that they're more destructive than, than helpful. And, um, it, it's interesting to me that well, well let's just let's just take the uh, yellow fever issue in the Panama Canal. They initially thought that by putting they, they put the hospital bed legs on the on the beds in the hospital in in cans that held water. But ultimately and finally we came to understand they were breeding grounds for mosquitoes, which were the carrier of the yellow fever. Their medical procedure was facilitating the spread of the yellow fever. You look at the, uh, the 1918 flu situation, the protocol that was advised, the massive doses of aspirin. Uh, literally, I've seen estimates that the Bayer Company with their aspirin killed 20 million people during that time. So it, it's, there's a historical kind of precedent where, where the, there's been just horrific bad choices made by, by those that are, are trying to throw together what they claim to be solutions for this, and yet they've been destructive. And I, I think we look at what, what's happened in the states. There are medical procedures that I truly believe have facilitated the death of tens of thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people in this country, because of the, uh, the medicines and the protocols that are being used. And, and you look at how the, uh, the death rate in the United States uh, percentage-wise, is so much higher than the rest of the world, and, and I think it could be attributed to some of the protocols that are used and some of the medicines that are are literally being, I mean, they're the go-to medicine or the go-to pharmacy for these kinds of things. And, and literally, when I was first admitted to the hospital, there was an effort to inject me with some of these medicines, and fortunately, I had family members there that we're wise enough to, to forbid it, absolutely, and and I am absolutely convinced that that was, I mean, we have medicines that the, if you use them, you've got about a 50% chance of dying, and the rest of the people end up with dead kidneys. I mean, it's just appalling to me. And so th this the approach to this seems to have been purposeful. Now, some of you, your listeners may remember Vietnam. Some of us that were alive back in that period wondered why everything we did, the enemy seemed to know before we did what the next step was. And it come to find out that, that our information was being shared 
with the uh, with the communists through the United Nations, and and so they had advanced notice of everything. Well, that's the, the same problem I feel like we've got with this attack on trying to preserve our our health. I believe the people at the top really are uh, complicit in the whole thing, and and it's just a tragedy and a travesty how this has been foisted on the nation to build fear, to ultimately and finally, I believe, reshape all of society. And so it's time for all of us as Americans to say, no more. We're not going to do this. We're not going to play this game. There's enough of us out there. And by the way, you talk about all those that are vaccinated. Uh, uh, millions, literally, that are getting sick now uh, are fully vaccinated. It shows us that the vaccine doesn't work. It doesn't prevent uh, you know, the spread of the disease. And then they tell us, oh, yeah, we've got to get a booster shot. And, oh, yeah, here's another variant. We're going to have a three-shot uh, regimen that's going to take that thing. This is a never-ending money machine for the big pharma companies. And what we're seeing, if you're willing to look, the percentage of people that are fully vaccinated, and not only are the, the vax-damaged people, it's a, a horrific, the numbers of people that are damaged by the vax. It's also well, horrific. Let me, give you, let me give you the latest statistic that kind of highlights some of your uh, statements here, Dr. Bradley. Believe it or not, in the 90 days following the EUA, emergency authorization, if you will, a release of the vaccine, they, meaning Pfizer, recorded 1,223 deaths and 158,000 adverse reactions, including fetal deaths, spontaneous abortions, and more. They call this in their, quote, encrypted transhuman pharma lingo. They call it the post-marketing experience. Uh, but literally, they know the death, the carnage of the vaccinations. And in any other time in history, when they even rolled out a program uh, similar, even if there's a few deaths, they'd yank it off the market and stop it. Now they literally know that deaths abound, and they don't care. Only 90 days, they recorded 1,223 deaths and over 158,000 adverse reactions. And now that we look at the VARs, database in america we have well over twenty thousand deaths and a million adverse reactions and they're still doubling down and increasing the number of people to take experimental vaccines they claim that the vaccines went away from experimental to approved but nobody is getting the approved shot because there is no inventory the fact is everyone's still getting the experimental vaccine and you got to ask yourself why about that, <laughs> but then you got to furthermore say it isn't working. Death and carnage is in its wake, but your government doesn't care. In fact, Joe Biden so belligerent he forced a mandate that now three courts have jettisoned, and the Senate has voted against. But Joe Biden says ignore them. Who cares about the law? Do it anyway, businesses. And you've got a rogue criminal president now literally blatantly thumbing his nose at the law. Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, they continue to vax. But believe it or not, more than 300 members of state legislatures around the country now have signed on to a letter calling for the president 
for Joe Biden, if you will, to abandon his call for a COVID-19 vaccine or vaccine mandate. People are starting to stand up. And the question is, will they stand up enough? But I really want to get to the bottom of this, though. You know what? Are we ever going to know if it was intentionally released for a fact? Are we ever going to know uh, if they're intentionally mutating it quicker? Are we ever going to know if the protocols in the hospital are done with best intentions but just misguided or if they're really designed to create death? We know that behind the scenes elitists and shadow governments have wanted population control for a long time. Where does this really go, Dr. Bradley? Well, again, this is a uh, a problem that was created that isn't really the end result. I mean, it's the agenda that's being pushed. And as you point out, the, the deaths and destruction, I mean, you know, back in 1976, with that vaccine, they had a handful of people die, and they pulled it immediately. In the first few months of, of this episode, um, they, they killed more people than all the combined vaccines of the previous 45 years. And, and yet they continue to ride this, this uh, narrative. And, and again, the narrative is to drive us all to fear, to doubt, I mean, there's a there's a legislature in well, it's in Illinois that is trying to say if you're not vaxxed, you can't get uh, health insurance. I mean, th- this is absolutely a uh, they're riding roughshod over every right Americans have had, and it's to force us all into compulsion. And and you look at what's happening around the world, it, the compulsion is is going to be tyranny. And you look at this around the world, and you have to say. Holy cow, look at some of those other nations. And I think we'd be well down that path if there weren't some, you know, safeguards that people still recognize, you know, the, the constitutional limits and everything else like that. But literally in China, they were welding people's doors shut to keep them isolated in their homes when they were doing their, their quarantines. And you look at what's happening in Australia and over in Europe, it is absolutely appalling as we said earlier, America is the last great hope, and Americans have got to awaken and arouse themselves to a sense of their awful situation and recognize them. As we started this in the program, I know we're running out of time, but miracles do and can and do occur. The united voices of people praying for a, an outcome of a righteous purpose, I think God still hears prayers. I'm confident he does, and he will answer those prayers and we, as, as a people, need to be supplicating God. We need to be exercising that great gift of choice that he blessed us with as we came to this earth. And hopefully, we'll be able to prevail in, in spite of the tyrann, tyranny that's being implemented by those that seek to overthrow the freedom of all lands. And that, that's kind of where we are. This Ladies is a watershed moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we wanted to highlight that we believe these protocols are intentionally designed for death, uh, that we know uh, that this, uh, you know, virus is literally man-made and intentionally released. I don't have factual evidence of that, but I have anecdotal evidence. Everything they're doing is making it worse. Literally two years later now, they're telling me that in a place where there's 74% vaccinated, that the cases are skyrocketing. That doesn't happen if the vaccine works, ladies and gentlemen. They have a tyrannical agenda tied to this, 
and it's everything that we do to try to minimize it, to reduce faith instead of, or to produce faith instead of fear, to uh, back away, to stabilize ourselves. They reject every single thing in the hospital that we do to save lives. They flat out reject, and they wouldn't be doing that if there was not another agenda uh, at work. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Bradley is doing better. He's gaining strength, as you can wisely tell. Uh, he's got faith, and we celebrate miracles. We testify that miracles are real, and his life and my life are proof of it. And we may have been attacked. It's hard to tell. The facts are hard to come by. But I can tell you this. We will not leave this earth until God calls us home. And we will preach the sacred cause of liberty as long as we have the ability to do so. On a future broadcast soon, Scott will tell you his harrowing story of what happened a little bit in more detail in his choosing. But we'll do that, Dr. Bradley. Thank you so much for coming back, and we're glad that you're alive and we're celebrating your recovery, sir. Well, thank you much. Godspeed to everybody in this land, and thank you for your prayers. We'll have you back soon, brother. There he goes, Dr. Scott Bradley, ladies and gentlemen, preaching the sacred cause of liberty once again by the miracle of Almighty God. Thank you for allowing us to be on your radio. Spread the word, tell the tale, lead with love, set the example, pray hard, work hard. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America.